something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. They give me those shoes, they're mine. Give them back to me. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. It rubs the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. But it certainly will be a nice little surprise when Richard comes home to find a little girl in the house. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. You're going to meet death now! <laughs> the living dead! They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch! It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! They're all gonna laugh at you! They're here! To a new world of gods and monsters. Welcome to Screaming Queens, the queer horror podcast. My name's Jonathan Larkin, and tonight I'm joined by... Someone jump in first. Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Moore. And... It's Jonathan. The other Jonathan. <laughs> the other Jonathan Butler. And we are not joined tonight by Martin Fennerty, who's still away. Um, um, really, it's quite a personal reason that he's not with us, but being a 600-year-old demon, Martin does have to go through a regeneration process every few years. Um, so at the moment, he's um, he's currently underground in some God-forbidden mountain um, on the other side of the world. So it's the best place for him. And he will be back with us soon with new skin, um, and he'll be ready to go again. But... In the meantime, you've just got us us three for the lockdown. Uh, how are we, boys? I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah, Ow. yeah we're all still we're all st- <laughs> yeah we're all still a bit freaked out by by doing it remotely and not seeing each other. It's all still a bit strange. strange. Lockdown has given us plenty of time to watch lots of horror films. I've been binge watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, so now. <laughs> well, that is quite horrific in yeah. its own way. I always thought that well, I'm really into the housewives, and I always think that it's the true American horror story. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jonathan? Have you been watching anything fabulous? I've just been watching anything. Just I've just been at boards and just had nothing to do. I've just been watching all kinds. I think I've probably watched about 500 films in the past um, couple of months. Wow. Not all horror, I imagine. Not all now. I've been mixing it up a bit. I've been watching. Uh, I'd say I've been watching a few a day. Once I finish, once I finish work, I just uh, what what should I do now? Another weekend. I'm not yeah. going out, so I just oh, oh well. Just yeah, yeah. It's the it's the not they're not going out at night. Is the weird bit, isn't it? Yeah, I've never actually um, watched so much TV in my life. Like I don't watch TV normally. I'm normally a film person. I can do like an hour and a half yeah. and hours. But yeah. I think because I've had a lot more time, I'm like willing to invest in more series things. Yeah. I also watched Glee; that was scary as well. Glee, oh wow! Do you think lockdowns like helped your concentration span? No, definitely not. <laughs> no, okay. So I'm also just... doing twelve different things whilst watching the series. Okay, twelve different things or twelve different people. To be honest, <clears> yeah, I, um... I'm. <laughs> I'm going to agree with Steve there. Yeah, if anything, it's found that's worse. I've got less tolerance for something. If I'm not enjoying something, I'll just turn it off. Whereas usually I'd stick it out. Yeah. Watch this much, but now I'm thinking, I've you know, I've watched that many films. There's that many things on the list. I'll just book this off. I was watching something last night. Yeah. Train, the one with Thora Birchin. It was like a hostile ripoff of a few years ago. And I got an app. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is shite. I'm just, why am I watching it? <laughs> so I just turned it off. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's it. Life's too fucking short, isn't Which it? I wouldn't, watch I wouldn't, shit if you're not enjoying it, then. Yeah, I wouldn't normally do that. I'd usually stick, so, stick out with something and I just thought, well, I'm a ballroom. <laughs> yeah, I, I finally finished that, you know, that horror series, the French one on Netflix, Marianne. Oh, yeah. Um, I started watching it ages ago and then just, just, lost, just lost track of it, really. I, I enjoyed it, but I just lost track of it. But um, there's a new one that's come on, like an Italian one called Curon, I think it's called. Mm. Um, and I thought, well, I'm not going to watch that until I finish watching Marianne. So I watched, like, the last three episodes of Marianne the other day. And I've, I've got to say, if you haven't seen it, it's really worth a look. It's, it's really good. It's, I, um, it's, it's eight episodes, I think. Yeah, I did start watching it. I think it starts off really strong. Like the first episodes, I think yeah. like a specific scene, I was just like, wow, where did that come from? And then I, yeah. I could tell, yeah. I got to the third episode and I was like, mm, kind of lost my way. Yeah, it does It does sort of dip very slightly, but but it's worth sticking right to the end. Oh, okay. it's, it's good, I, really, I do recommend it. I watched Unsolved Mysteries, that's um, quite good. Have you seen that on Netflix? Is that... The new version of Unsolved Mystery. Yeah, the people who do Stranger Things are involved with it, so it's a bit, the production values are quite high. Oh, okay. I okay. used to like Unsolved Mysteries back in the day, so, I mean, Robert Stack's not there, obviously. I, you know, a shame. I love the old Unsolved Mysteries. That was like Saturday nights on Sky One. Yeah, it's great. I used to love that. Um, so, uh, Tonight's episode, so we decided, uh, well, after we after we covered Dress to Kill on our last episode, it felt like this was sort of a, a natural progression from yeah. that film. There's so many, there's so many sort of crossovers between the two. Okay. Um, so, nice uh, as you know, companion piece. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, it's like a nice, nice double bill. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah as you know if you listen to this podcast regularly you know that we've got a fondness for giallo films so we like our sort of Italian trashy um, sort of uh, horror slasher hybrids and tonight's film is one of the giallo from sort of later on um, early 80s so it's not it's not up there with the 70s um, sort of uh, the 70s run of Jally. This one's from 1983, and by this point, Jally was starting to sort of have more leanings towards slasher movies, didn't they, in a way? I was going to say, I, while all the time I was watching this, I never really got the feeling that it was a Jally. I was like, it, it never felt like it at all. It was missing most of the... Yeah. It was missing most of what makes a Jally for me. It, it didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, I mean, it had like the... F- it was only then when you said it. Yeah, yeah. Like, Oh what? What? Where did that come from? I didn't get that. The motive is definitely jealous. The, the reveal at the end, I think, is quite sort of yeah. esque Um, uh, and yeah, I, I feel like there's lots of like uh, close-ups on, like uh, you know, blood red nails and stuff that made me think of Tenebrae in a way, mm-hmm. and the house makes yeah. me think of Tenebrae as well. So there are sort of crossovers there. But it, as I say, like in the eighties, they did sort of start leaning towards the sort of slasher element more. Yeah. And that's what this film does in a, in a big way, I think, doesn't it? Um, so tonight's film is from director Lamberto Barva, son of Mario, who gave birth to Jello with the girl who knew too much and blood and black lace. And uh, Lamberto uh, made this film in 1983. And it is called a blade in the dark.
the Italian title is The House with the Dark Staircase. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more like a blade in a very overly lit room. Mm. <laughs> There's not much dark going on, I must say. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so the plot in a nutshell is uh, Bruno, a composer, is hired to compose the soundtrack for an upcoming horror film. And to help him concentrate, he, he's moved into a rented villa for a few weeks under the behest of the film's director. Then several of the tenants and neighbours start being murdered by a razor-wielding slasher, and he begins to suspect that the killer is closer to home than he thought. I thought I'd seen it before, but when I started watching it, I was like, I don't recognise this film. <laughs> oh, OK. Oh, good, good. I like that. Yeah. So no, it was... It Ooh, was had a table to turn. <laughs> I know. I didn't, I didn't think it was a first-time watch, but it ended up being... <laughs> I think I got yeah, confused yeah. with another oh, one. Okay. There was another kind of later Jallo that I got it mixed up with that I'd watched that and assumed. Oh, okay. That film. What was your what was your reaction to it, John? Did you enjoy it? Um, I liked elements of it, but it was missing the charm. It was kind of a bit janky and awkward, and I didn't really like it that much. But it did like Cat in the Brain. It reminded me of a little bit, but it didn't have the charm of Cat in the Brain. You know what I mean? Okay. Stephen, you a fan? I love it. Okay. What makes you love it? The ending, really. But, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just think that's camp as fuck. So, um, it is very camp. But I really like the kind of the meta element of it being a film within a film yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I just think it's an interesting way to do this. It's sort of yeah, it's 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 quite wild. I think it's it's sort of crazy in the way that it, it's you know the film within a film, and then the nonsensical stuff where there's like a girl turning up every twenty minutes, <laughs> just girl. like pops up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a strange one, but um, it's kind of it's it, it's got like an episodic vibe to it, I think, and that's because of the way it was born. So oh, the yeah. film, it was initially going to be made for TV. It was conceived as a four part TV thriller. Mm. Um and it was gonna be in it was gonna be in four thirty minute episodes. Um and each episode was ends with a murder. So that's why it sort of follows the kind of structure that it that it does. I was um, that's why basically every twenty minutes there's another girl. When I was watching it, the the ratio, the aspect ratio of it looked strange. I was like, this doesn't look like a film aspect ratio. This looks like more like it was made for TV. It was odd. <laughs> yeah. Oh there you go, then that's why. I made a note of that yeah. thinking, why does this look strange? It doesn't it had pillar boxes along the side, like it was made for Zeke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I never even noticed that. Um, it's also so. This has also been um, called one of the worst English dubs that's ever happened yes. to an Italian movie. Um, now I've seen it three times before with the English dub, and this time I watched it with the subtitles in Italian with subtitles, and the differences are marked. <laughs> there's, some, there's some real differences. Um, so yeah, so we'll jump in. Um, so the film opens with uh, three boys sneak, sneaking into a creepy old building, um, and the one of them is the blonde boy Giovanni Frezza, who's the who's um, he's in House by the Cemetery and, and Manhattan Baby and a, a, a few other films along those lines. Um, and he's being dared by his friends, isn't he? To to um, they throw like a tennis ball down into a basement, mm. and they dared him to go down into the dark and get it. Um, and whilst Whilst the whilst uh, the negative want to go and do it, this the chanting at him, "Show me you're not a little girl." You're a female. Um, but in the dub, yeah, yeah. So in the English <laughs> version, 
Yeah, yeah. What did he say, Stephen? I'd like quite like to hear you saying that over and over again. <laughs> you're a female. You're a female. What? <laughs> it really does not work. <laughs> no. What? Um, what so he's looks like a dressed like a medieval peasant as well. I'm like, why is that kid dressed like? <laughs> <laughs> it's like got like a weird brown cloth sack on and a weird bowler. So I'm like, why is he dressed like a? What's going on? <laughs> um, so they they bully him, basically calling him a little girl until he goes down and gets the ball. But then he vanishes into the darkness before they hear a piercing and very feminine scream, <laughs> and um, and the ball comes flying back up with them covered in blood. Okay, let's see you do it. Show us that you're not some little girl. Go on down the stairs and get it. Down there? Yeah. yeah. The ball, go get it. Female, you're a girl if you don't get the ball. Female, you are a female. You are a female. You are a female. You are a female. And then, uh, and then we'd roll credits, and we've got that synthy music that's repeated throughout the film, um, because obviously the film is about a, a composer who's trying to come up with the soundtrack to a, to a horror film. Uh, but he just keep basically playing the same the same bit of music over and over again. Yeah, yeah I was like, that's, um, that's, not, and... that's not what it means to be a composer. You have to play different music, <laughs> same music over and over again. <laughs> just me or the music on this film that that bit of synth it reminds me of the music on the, the simpsons first halloween special you know the one where they move into that Am- amityville style house yeah. it's it's very very similar to that uh so yeah so the music plays and it's all very sort of atmospheric and then it does that really sharp cut that a lot of these films do where it just sort of cuts off to something else and you're like whoa hang on where are we now and yeah, um, suddenly such a weird cut yeah, don't they do that on purpose sometimes? Because the scenes where, especially when he's sneaking around his house and he hears music, but I was like, that's he can hear that music as well. That's the music that's playing for him, so he can hear that, and we can hear that. That's not yeah not music for the audience. That's music for him. It's it's very I know. yeah yeah, the, the... and you don't know where to be, where that music begins and the film music ends. It's just very strange. That's very, my favorite bit of it, though. I love that, like. Play with the diegetes, yeah. these are the music. Like, is it in the film? Is it not? And then, like, mm-hmm. one of them where they just, like, pause the music. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I do like that. I think it's quite playful. Yeah. Uh, he, he, was, uh, he was questioned about a lot of... So I think Lamberto Barber, basically, when he gets questions about any of this stuff, he basically just says, 
I don't like realistic things. I like fantasy. Mm. I think that's his answer to everything because there's a Q and A on the eighty eight films disc where one of the one of the fans asks him in in his film Demons why is there a blind man going to the cinema to see the film <laughs> and his, yeah. his answer to that is his answer to that is basically I'm not into realistic things I like fantasy silly things mm. so I think that explains a lot of this film um, so it does that really sharp cut and then suddenly we're in a country house in the middle of nowhere I'm guessing it's on the outskirts of Rhone and we meet Bruno who is played by the very very dreamy Andrea Occipinti um, Stephen, how do you feel about him? I'm glad you said that name. <laughs> I, I he has a mouthful. Love him. <laughs> 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 he is stunning. He's, he's so dreamy. It's just he ridiculous. Is so gorgeous. He's in um, New York um, Ripper as well, isn't he? Yes, yes. And he, he for, for me, he wears the most um, erotic knitwear. <laughs> 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 he really, he really rocks. He really rocks a well-knitted jumper yeah. and a, a polo neck. Actually, in New York Ripper as well, I remember that well. He's just so gorgeous. He plays for our team. He's an enormous homosexual. Ooh, hello. Yes, and he. So this is really interesting. So he's, so he's like he's in his sixties now. I think I'm from from what I can gather on on Google Image. He still looks really good. He is now. The CEO of an Italian film distributor called Lucky Red, and um, his company was the first in the Italian cinema industry to commit to an ethical code of inclusion and tolerance towards gay employees. Oh, where? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he, and he basically said, um, "Being gay myself, I'm very close to these problems. We decided to issue and promote this code publicly before the first law allowing gay unions was passed in Italy. We wanted to make a statement not only to guarantee maternity and paternity rights to our gay employees, but also to say that if our institutions aren't moving and addressing the issue, we are doing it by ourselves. So, so yes, he is, a, he, is, he is a super gay. Super, super, super gay. So there we go. Um, so he is being shown around the house by Tony, who's the who's the house owner, and he's played by Michele Suavi, Italian <laughs> horror superstar. I was going to say, is, he the, is that the director? And uh, same one, same guy. Argento and stuff. Wow, I didn't realize. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing the that was him. He's like an all rounder. He just he appears in loads of films, and he's made so many amazing horror movies. He made The Church, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did a lot of cinematography and stuff, and the assistant director. Yeah. Uh, of course, yeah. Many extreme directors. Didn't he do um, what's the moment the owl? Uh, stage fright. Did stage fright? He did stage fright. Yeah, yeah. Did he do Delamorte Delamore as well? I think he did. Yeah, yeah. And the sect. He's he's great. He's he's a he is a real all rounder. He's a proper horror Italian horror icon. I think so. He is the guy who owns the house, and the house has been rented by. The director of the film, right, Sandra, and she's she's um, she's hired the house, so she's rented the house out, so Bruno can be there and be isolated and be creeped out in the spooky house while he's making his spooky music. Um, and Bruno is all alone, apart from the hunky caretaker Giovanni, played by Croatian actor Stanko Molnar. And um, I basically had fantasies about the two of them throughout the movie. <laughs> um, but we won't go into that. Uh, it is, but we probably will. Yeah, yeah. There was one scene where they were like having a friendly little chit chat, where I was like, "Kiss, kiss, <laughs> kiss, kiss." I know, I know, and I, that was that's the same scene where he helps him with his heavy sack, and you know, yeah. 
so, Sandra is the director of the film, and she is played by Annie Papa, and she's just fabulous. She's got this big 80s hair. I love her. She's amazing. Very uh, androgynous in the way she dresses as well, did you notice? I, I She was full lesbian vibes. Full, yeah, full power day, yeah, totally. Oh, so, right. I lo- she's amazing. So she's like obsessed with darkness and death, isn't she? And she says that's where she got the inspiration for the film. She wants the music to express fear and anxiety, and that's why she chose Bruno because he's new to the genre. He's he's like a little bit, he's a little bit in out in above his head, bit of a fish out of water. But that's what she likes. She wants him to like infuse the music with his confusion and his anxiety um, but mainly most importantly she wears leather trousers um, that's Pre-quarter really leather. fabulous leather trousers height of style and sophistication an outfit later on is actually better but we like this one as well oh yeah yeah so um, randomly I noticed Bruno has a copy of Penthouse magazine on his desk yeah there was like the, one of the first one of my first notices just like random tits within like five minutes tits. like tits tits and then someone slashed me to tits I was like what's going on I know, I know. So someone breaks in and starts slashing up the tits with a Stanley knife. Slashing my um, tits. What a world. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, basically Bruno wears some very exciting, uh, arousing knitwear as he wanders around the cre- creepy house with his uh, jello score wafting through the halls. And um, you do wonder why he doesn't go and look up Giovanni and just have some hot knitwear and dungaree loving. You know, <laughs> but... Um, doesn't quite happen that way. Um, so before he can actually go and have sex with Giovanni, uh, an absolute crank jumps out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is this is where we meet Katia. Katia. Um, so in the in the Italian language version with subtitles, Ooh. she says she's been frightened by a spider. <laughs> but <laughs> in the English dub. <laughs> No, in the English she says, I hate spiders. And he says, it's not a spider, it's a cockroach. And I was right. like, no, no, that's a fucking spider. <laughs> so nowhere in nowhere in the Italian version does the word cockroach get used. So no. I don't know where. There's a bit There's a bit where he says she hates spiders and beetles. But there's nowhere that he says that. No. So I have no idea. There's where a scene later on where the girlfriend is trying to seduce him and she playfully calls him a cockroach. And I don't understand. The fact when she appears and she goes, "It's me, your girl." It's like as, as if you would. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and she doesn't say that in the Italian dub either. Um, so Cassia lives over the road, doesn't she? And she snuck in, expecting to see someone called Linda, who we gather lived there before him. I never saw you before. Are you a friend of Linda's? Linda. No. <laughs> What's so amusing? Your face. My face? <laughs> Nothing. Your expression, that's all. I probably scared the pants off you out there before. Your expression says it all. Who is this mad lady who came jumping out at me out there in the hall? <laughs> I must say you're very perspicacious, because that is exactly what I was thinking. You're cute. Yeah, well, so are you. My name is Katya. My house is right over there. Is it a habit of yours sneaking into houses of neighbors? No, not a habit. Only when it's a good-looking man. How long will you be here? I rented it just for a month. 
Too bad. Such a short time. Musician? <laughs> I adore musicians. They're really great in bed. How are you in the feathers? Depends on the answers, mostly. That depends on the questions. Well, tell me the reason why you were hiding in that closet. <laughs> Do you like your stories real simple, or would you prefer them more elaborate? Um, and she's right in with the flirt and straight away, Katia, she's a girl after my own heart. She's telling him she likes musicians because they're good at making love. Yes. Um, says, doesn't she ask him, are you any good at sex or something? It's like one of the first. <laughs> she says, how are you in the feathers? Which in I'm not understood. Yeah. In bed? Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm guessing that's what that means. Feathers. Feathers. Either, yeah. It? <laughs> so I really, I really enjoy Cassia. I think she's hilarious. She's yeah. played by Val- Valeria Cavalli, who she's still working in TV today, lots of Italian TV, and she randomly was in the Van Damme Dennis Rodman film Double Team. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. I was, I was Hattie disappointed. Hattie. I was disappointed she left so soon. I did, uh, you know, I wanted to go around a bit longer. I'm sure you did. She's really, she's really hot, and. Mm-hmm. Um, she was so the she's most sort of fun of the girls that showed up. <laughs> she really, she was the most fun. And then, like, she's sort of there. She sort of comes in with a bang and then disappears, but leaves her diary lying around. And you're like, yeah. why did she have her diary? Yeah, I always take my diary with me everywhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the diary was left. Well, yeah, we do realise later on she was that there's a... back for the diary, wasn't she? Yeah, but we don't really realise that's a later, but it's still, it's still tenuous, I mean. I mean, God. yeah, of course. So we we see in the diary, Cathy has mentioned Linda, the last tenant, and you know strange goings on in the house. And she's sort of she's sweet and she's screwball comedy style girl, isn't she? And we think, oh, maybe she's going to be the love interest and the sidekick for the rest of the film. Mm. But then, no. <laughs> um, within ten minutes, she's attacked by a Stanley knife wielding maniac. Yeah. She says in the at the end of the door the word copacetic, <laughs> which. I think like they obviously movie. made that up. That did, that, that did not come from what was the, yeah. the, the Italian version, surely. Yeah. No, but I thought of yeah. all the translation, that was a very strange word to translate to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are lots of those throughout the film. Isn't there something about the frog a bit later on? Yeah, I did write that down. I'll, I'll yeah. I, I did get a note about that. I was like, a weird, a weird choice of words. Because that doesn't come from the Italian at all. Anyway, so there's like a sort of a ball feel from the start, isn't it? And then I think we realise we've got no idea where this film's going to go when Katia then gets killed. Um, her, her death scene, I find really odd. Just the whole thing. Because the whole thing, <laughs> it was annoying me because I'm like, this person's clearly never used a fucking box cutter before. It's like, why is the punk? <laughs> The first time you try to cut someone with a blade that long, it just snapped. You don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, what the fuck going on? <laughs> what is she hiding behind? Is it like an upturned mattress or something, or a, or a fence, or it's like, it's, it's, it's some sort it's of like chainmail affair? Isn't it? <laughs> just. But when she's hiding behind, when she's hiding behind it, she's clearly got loads of room to back yeah. away from yeah. the Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she is backed away and then she for some reason seems to get closer <laughs> so she can get so, <laughs> thrust herself forward um, however when the knife go when the knife goes in it is really a grisly kill I think it's horrible 
you know, like the squelcher and stuff, and then when he sticks it in the throat. I like the bit um, where you see a face pressed up against and a like lips stuck up. Yeah, and, mm. a, and a nose. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that bit was good. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that was possibly supposed to be the end of the first episode, maybe. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, short, short sort of. Uh, short and sharp punchy episodes if it was going to be a TV show <laughs> um, so Bruno goes out because he can hear sort of creeping around in the bushes and stuff he goes and peers into Giovanni's little hut and uh, he finds that Giovanni's not there but his walls are covered in porn this is like the reddest of red herrings like yeah but someone doesn't even someone is it Sandra even says oh everyone knows the janitors is it also or not there's a scene where the ominous garden is Gardener is listening to ominous music and cutting out newspapers ominously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like every time you see something with um, from the eighties, where there's a janitor or someone who works on a building site or yeah. a caretaker of any kind in their hut, the walls are always covered in porn. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like did that really happen? Um, but obviously, it's because he likes to sit around wanking all the time, um, which is a great image. Anyway, um, yeah, your house is covered in porn as well. <laughs> I'm mine. <laughs> Actually, yours is now covered in porn thanks to yeah. my house as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, so Bruno doesn't find Giovanni or Cassia, but he does find some spots of blood on the steps down to the cellar. Um, so we know something strange is going on. The house looks great in the mist. I love that. I, I didn't really understand what the house would like a second house. The second house didn't really look like a house. It looked like, like a swimming baths or something. Um. So I feel like here, as odd as it all is, I feel like the one to, the the vibe of being isolated and alone, I felt like that really came across mm. and was really authentic and really creepy. Um, when Bruno's sort of walking around, he doesn't know what's going on. And then he gets back and finds the reels of tape have all been pulled out and someone's fucking with him. Yeah. And then that's so then we get to the part with um Giovanni dragging a heavy full sack up the cellar stairs. Yeah. And we wondered if uh, it could be Katia's body in there. Um, and then there's actually a moment there where he says to the Bruno that his sack is full and Bruno offers to give him a hand with it. Um, so a girl can dream. So he says it's full of old magazines and papers. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Loads of tissue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this is probably the moment, Stephen, where you wanted them to kiss. I think they have like a smoke, don't they, outside? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, numerous times, but yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. So Bruno gets back to the house, and then there's another random woman there. Yeah. And this time, she's not so random. It's his girlfriend, Julia. Um, she should be in Naples um, on stage in a, th- in a show. Yeah, when she, this is the pop-out to, it's your girl, Julia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she pops out of the closet as well here, doesn't she? Or is she behind the curtains? I, think, I can't remember. Yeah, she's hiding some weapons. She pops out. Everyone jumps out on him. Constantly, yeah, yeah. It's basically, like, yeah. Basically, has got random, just attractive women just throwing themselves at him, just like every. Few like, what's going on? I mean, I'd throw myself at him as well. So, yeah, well, yeah. They're all barking up the wrong tree, and he obviously he's fuming to see her there because he was this close to getting it on with Giovanni, and then this bitch turns up and spoils <laughs> it all. Um. So she's there. So back to reality. Next morning, he's trying to tell Julia about the weird goings on. But all she can do is get jealous about this girl, Katia, who's been hanging around. Mm. 
and then um, Tony's landlord comes back because he says that he's, he's heard there's a, there's a weird smell coming from the pool, so he's here to get that fixed. Um, but he's kind of evasive. He's kind of evasive, isn't he, when um, Bruno asks about Linda and Katia and stuff. He sort of changes the subject. And then he says he's going off to Kuwait. Yeah, as you do. Doesn't, doesn't he have a look around the house to see if there's anything, anything suspicious? He, walk, he looks at, like, blood and hair stuck to the wall, and then, oh, no, I won't bother, and just walks away. No, I, I don't think he <laughs> sees the hair. Oh, doesn't he? <laughs> I think we see the hair. Right. If you go in looking specifically for something that's odd, you'd be like, hmm, should there be hair stuck to that wall and blood? <laughs> Carry <laughs> on. I mean, he he does find like half a tooth later on or something. So, and he wasn't that concerned then. <laughs> um. So he. Um. So yeah, off he goes again, and then um, he starts to get a funny phone call from someone hissing, "I'm going to kill you." Um. And then we realise quite quickly that it's uh, it's Sandra calling to arrange a meeting with him. Yeah. And then, oh my God, wouldn't you know it, another random girl pops up out of the, the bushes. This film the is, is entirely him walking around and random women jumping out to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we know this girl's not so much of a stranger because she turns to the gardener, doesn't, doesn't she? And she says, ciao, Giovanni. Um, so we know that she mm. knows. So she's like a bit more of a, She's clearly someone who's been to the house before, and she is looking. This so this girl, so Katia was looking for Linda, and this girl is looking for Katia. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, so this girl's Angela, and she's played by Fabiola Toledo, and she was in Demons as well. Yeah. Um, oh, too familiar. And yeah, and she's also in Joe D'Amato's Caligula film, apparently, but I haven't seen that one. Um, so she is Katia's roommate. And she, so she sort of explains now that Katia came here last night to get her diary. Yeah. And then does she not, does she sort of spot the diary across the room with x-ray vision? Oh, I didn't even notice. She says something about, she says something that might just be in the Italian version where it's like, oh, there's the diary. Um, And then, but then she abandons all of that plot because she needs, decides that she'd like to go for a swim in the pool. Obviously. I like these random people just showing up and being like, can I just swim in your pool? What? No. I know, I know. <laughs> How about absolutely I not, know. you fucking weirdo? And I'm not so sure that it's pool weather either because you can see her breath when she pops out of the <laughs> bushes. Um, so she then explains that she's a model but is making ends meet going door to door selling books on pre-Columbian culture, obviously. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Angela's looking for Katya. Are you a girlfriend? I'm Angela. She didn't mention me? We never had the time. In any case, if you do find her, tell her I'd like to speak to her. Well, the point is, she never returned to the house. She was here about 11, then she just vanished. How come her diary's still on the table? After all, she came to get it back. Yeah, and someone destroyed the pages. You got any idea who? No. My first time here since Linda left. She was so kind. She always used to let us go swimming here. Take a dip as often as you like, whenever you want. Can I really? I'm going to go in right now. Thanks. So long. So long. Hey, wait a wait a minute. I... Uh, listen. Changed your mind? 
Oh, I, I just want to ask you a couple of questions about Katya. It's not just curiosity. I tell you, I feel like this is a movie where, like Katya going and disappearing. Typical of Katya. Were you friendly with Katya a very long time? We roomed together. Our place is very near here, about ten blocks. We're models. And uh, sometimes sales girls specializing in door-to-door. -door. It's not dangerous, and it pays pretty good. Hey, listen, I don't suppose you're interested in the culture of pre... pre... pre-Columbia? No. I saw beautiful photographs, and they don't cost much. No, really, thanks. Oh, well, nice try. Ciao. Yeah, and so she strips off. In this, um, the way she strips off is the most... She is blatantly trying not to look at the camera and get embarrassed that there's people looking at her. Looking at her boobs. You can see that she's very conscious. That's yeah. not how you get undressed. <laughs> yeah, even the way she gets undressed is bizarre, doesn't it? She, like, she leaves yeah. her shoes and takes like a skirt off first. And it's just like, no, no person would get undressed like that. What are you doing? <laughs> so as she's stripping off Giovanni's pair of an arrow through the window, um, and then... Um, He's paired off through the window and then she goes for a swim and she finds the maze weapon at the bottom of the pool. She mm. went for a swim with a full face of makeup on. Yeah. Which stayed on. Yes, when stayed she on. came out of that pool. That red lipstick well. did not budge. No, no. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm then, not sure that that kind of knife would be a very effective maze weapon, to be fair. It's really not. Well, no. luckily, the killer swaps it for a bigger one. Oh, okay. In this very next scene, so yeah. she uh, she finds it and then she goes off into the, into the house and decides that she's going to go upstairs and wash her hair in the sink, not a shower, but bend over and wash yeah, her hair in I, the sink. I mean, uh, there's just too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's many perfectly questions. logical, serious events. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so we have a reveal here, don't we? So the killer starts to stalk her through the house, and we have a reveal here that the, the the killer must be a woman because we see that we see women's shoes, we see gleaming red nails holding onto a, a long knife. Have we um, seen the women's shoes before? But we definitely got a lot more this time. Yeah, but I I wasn't yeah, but for me, I wasn't sure whether the women's shoes belong to the killer or the girl in oh, the yeah. earlier scene. And you're going to velvet so sleeve with like a pink ruffled shirt. The ruffled sleeve, yeah. That ruffled yeah, sleeve is camp. camp. Well, the ruffled sleeve and then the, the way the killer approaches it in, in the in the bathroom gave me a black and big Mrs. Bates vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah There's a few little a, Mrs. Bates bits. A few little hints there on what the reveal's going to be, I, I suppose. I think the reason she didn't get a shower is because it didn't want to be obvious. I think, <laughs> I think really? that's why she's washing <laughs> her hair in the sink. I was thinking, yeah. if I put a shower scene in this, it's going to be dead weird. So, yeah. you know, it's going to be obvious what we're copying, so we'll just make her wash her hair in the sink, because that's fucking totally normal. Very possible, <laughs> And yes, still wash yes. the blood down the sink with the shower. Just, well, sort of. Um, <laughs> so, she, uh, as, she's, as she's got her face full of shampoo, she reaches out to grab, to grab the bottle, and next thing, the killer jams the knife through her hand, and I feel like this is really horrible, this scene. It's really fucking brutal. This is yeah. a really yeah. rough death. <laughs> It's really brutal. It's the centerpiece, I feel, for the whole film. Um, so the knife is through her hand, so she's, she's stuck to the sink. And um, the killer then wraps her head in a plastic bag and starts to bang her head against the sink unit. Yeah. And I like, the bit where she like, drags the hand out. Yeah, she like, slits her hand in half. But I like with the bag over her head, like the way her face presses up against it. It's horrible. It's really yeah. intense. She looks like a porcelain doll almost. 
Yeah, and then she slams her head into her bloody head into the bath, doesn't she? And then there's blood all already. There's blood everywhere, and then she, and then she cuts her throat. Yeah, and then spins and, around for us to see. Yeah, and, just awful. and then the murderer is surprised when there's blood everywhere when you just cut someone's throat, and it's like that's not a murder. Too much expect to happen. I know, I know. It's almost like the murderer went to another place, isn't it? And then realised what she's done. And she starts, like, panicking. And then she sort of half-heartedly washes some of the blood out of the bath, but not all of it. it rem- in, a, in a strange way, it reminded me, like, Mrs. Doubtfire or something a little bit, the way the, the way they, like, flap and go, oh, oh. <laughs> Another clue, Jonathan. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what they were doing. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Um, and then we cut from there. We do like a sharp cut to back to the scene that we saw at the beginning of the film with the little boy being called a girl by his mates, um, and that's another massive clue as to as to what's coming. Um, so then we get Sandra, the film director, and the fabulous Daiki Ghetto. This one was like it's just power lesbians, blazer jeans, oh, shirt and tie. What does this? Does she phones him and says, "Come to the studio at six. He turns up. Yeah. She doesn't arrive, so he goes home, and then she goes to his house. She comes to him, yeah, yeah. What? What? The, the whole thing was just a contrivance to get him out the house, so it could be a yeah, it's like totally, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah. But they couldn't even. Um, why didn't he just come up with another reason for him to leave? <laughs> why set up a plot that doesn't? There's no. <laughs> really, John, you're focusing on the plot yeah, of the Jallo from 1983. <laughs> Um, um. <laughs> I just live for a messy hair, the suit, and the silk scarf as well, which is just the gayest thing ever. A silk scarf. She's just, yeah, she's fabulous, and this is like complete power lesbian. Um, and then, so he tells, go on. Sorry, they're searching around. They start searching around the place really with a torch yeah. on. In like once again, the brightest fucking room I've ever seen. <laughs> the torch know, does nothing. <laughs> I know. I love that they just go a full Scooby Doo here. It's just brilliant. Yeah. Um, and there's a, this, they come across a room, don't they? That has been up until now. It's been locked the whole time, and then, but then this time he tries it and it's open, and they find that it's full of like it's got boxes and suitcases in there, and in the boxes there are magazines and newspapers with glamorous women on the covers, and in the suitcases are women's clothes, and there's a chest full of tennis balls. Yeah. Uh, can we say that tennis has got to be the least scariest sport? What would you have put in there instead? Like a shuttlecock? <laughs> I just feel like there could have been something a bit more imposing. Like at least a baseball would be like, you know, like yeah. you've got a baseball bat then, that's scary. What's it, yeah. What are you going to do with a tennis racket? Or like a tennis ball? <laughs> yeah. um, so it's then, it's then revealed, isn't it? Sandra reveals there here that um, she was inspired to make the movie by meeting the real Linda who used to live in this house. Um, she met her a couple of years ago and tales of her childhood trauma inspired the movie that she's making. So um, do, you know do we get the um, impression? Go on. Sorry. Do you know, like, the voice acting in the Italian one, um, is, it, is it really over the top or is it quite subtle? Because the acting looks like it's they're not doing anything, but the dub is, like, super, like, oh, my God! <laughs> Yeah, no, it's definitely not subtle in the Italian one either. But you find that even when you watch Italian films in Italian, they've been dubbed anyway. Oh, right, yeah. So a lot of the time they made them without sounds and just dubbed afterwards So because it was cheaper. Um, so so even the Italians are dubbed. 
there's so a, there's an odd really scene. Dead. There's an odd bit at the start of this when Sandra turns up and sees after the drink, and he says, yeah. "Tea, coffee, or yogurt?" Yogurt, yeah, <laughs> that's in the Italian version. <laughs> yogurt is not a drink. What are you doing? I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he means some sort of yogurt smoothie. Uh, yeah, maybe it's yeah, just a mistranslation. Yeah, after after Mel. So you know, you know, when she's talking about meeting Linda years ago and hearing the story, I like built a whole a whole story up in my head for this that she met Linda at a gay bar. Oh yeah, you know, so she was there being all fabulous power lesbian, and then Linda came in, who was all you know, we won't reveal until the end, um, and that's how they sort of met. Um, so yeah, that was what I thought. So as they investigate, someone enters the house above them and they can hear women's footsteps up there. So what we think is Linda stalking through the house with a knife then turns out to be Julia is back again. She's like a bad penny. She's one jealous bitch. Uh, and she, but, um, the tone difference between these two scenes, they go from like absolutely shitting themselves thinking this is over to like she pops out and then it's like, ha 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 ha, bye now. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, Julia um, is my least favourite of the women in the film. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like the others are all sorts of strong in their own way, even even just, like, Screwball Cassie. Yeah, they've all got, like, something about them, and they're, they're inquisitive, aren't they, and unapologetic, and, um, um, you know, in terms of Sandra, quite powerful, whereas Julia's just, like, an insecure but, mess. But I think Julia's a lesbian as well. Well, she keeps coming out of the closet. She keeps coming out of the closet. She's talking about her play got cancelled because it was obscene for female homosexuality. Yeah. Homosexuality. And yeah. she alludes yeah. that she was jealous of what they got up to downstairs, but she didn't say she was jealous of, of her. Him. Which one? Which one are you jealous of? Good. Oh, well, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I thought I, I thought my reason of the film was the gayest one, but you've just you've just picked me there. That's good. I like that. I think as yeah. well. It's probably the setting up. Well, well, they're setting up a red herring for it being her, Ardy. It's meant to think she's yeah, she's the murderer. So I think they're trying to keep her mysterious. So you think it could possibly be her. So that's why she's jealous and she's telling lies about stuff. Yeah, that's what I thought yeah. anyway. That's why I thought her character was um, a bit fleek. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Maybe just uh, Bruno does have this one moment of um, saying that nobody wants to hear about female homosexuals. He does say that. I beg to differ. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then um, we get treated to a quick shirtless scene of Bruno. Oh, fabulous. I said, Impressive armpits, I thought. I did put down, we do appreciate a good underwear scene. Getting out of bed. Yeah. Dressed. The underwear was far too baggy. Oh, no, I quite like that. So Sandra calls Linda, doesn't she, and apologises for using her story in the film and exploiting her. I wondered at this point... So do we think that Linda has been triggered to start killing people because she knows about the film being made, or do we think that she would have just killed them anyway? I don't think we're able to discern from what we're given in the in the film, are we? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we know. I don't the film is kinda like which part of the film that she's made is the film and which parts of it is actually real life. Like hmm. Mm. It's meant to just kind of blur, so it could be yeah. both or neither. Like, how would how would this random person be seeing like the dailies of this film? How do they know it's being made anyway? <laughs> because because Tony would have been privy to 
conversation about the film when, when he was hiring the house house to Sandra. And then he would have seen, Tony would have seen the clips. Cause, because basically Bruno is watching those clips as he's scoring the film, isn't he? Yeah. So Tony and possibly Linda uh, might have seen, <laughs> you know, what, what's, what's being scored and thought, oh my God, and that, that I wonder, does that trigger off? The killings. Mm. Um, obviously, I'm just reading far too much into it. So, there was, um, speaking of reading, sorry, when when he Tony is on the phone earlier on, he is a very effeminate man, and that's kind of given away quite a bit. But I just kind of assumed he's gay. Yeah, probably would. Probably um, going to Kuwait if he was gay. To be fair, that's very true. That's very true. Oh, the, the, the certain operations that are quite cheap in Kuwait. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wonder. Oh. Anyway, um, Bruno helps Giovanni with another heavy load before having an argument with Julia at the pool. What? They say in the dub, um, what have you got in here? Machine guns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, what does he call? Uh, he calls Julia. Dildos? What does he call Julia <laughs> as well? And, uh, he calls her a vacant nerd. Yeah. Insults I think I've ever heard in my life. So none of so yeah so none of the the poolside dialogue in in the Italian one, he basically is just being quite sort of caring and doesn't want to leave it on her own. Yeah. And she's saying, but she's saying, but it's sunny and bright and I don't feel scared or in danger right now. Whereas I feel like in the English dub, doesn't he call it a frog or something? Or yeah. she says something about yeah. frog. It's really like yeah. they're having an argument. Yeah. Bizarre. Listen to me. I. Uh... God, you should be a morgue attendant, Bruno. You should see your face. This is not the moment to kid. I have to go out for an hour or so. Go ahead. I'll stay here by the pool. That's just what I don't want. I'd feel better if you came along with me. You actually going to begin again with this story? And is it possible you're such a vacant nerd? Your satisfaction is to sit like a frog in the sun? Just beat it and do us a favor. Use your head, Bruno. Say he does exist, this mysterious murderer in the villa. It stands to reason we'd all of us be murdered by now. My God, just the other night you were absolutely sure that, that someone was trying to kill you. You were scared out of your wits. The other night there were no lights on, but the sun's out today. No one is ever afraid in the sunlight. I'll leave you to the pool. But take care, okay? There's no one here. I find it difficult to figure out how we ever got started as a couple. Me too, if you want to know. Very strange. So, uh, Bruno, um, clearly isn't completely convinced by Julia's story, so he goes and calls up the director of her lesbian theatre show. Yeah. Um, I've never... Drive to a random payphone to phone. Yeah, <laughs> to get him out the house. I've never, ever used a payphone in my life, Like, but I feel like that was bad etiquette to like stand so close to someone while they're on the phone. <laughs> yeah. It'll just like, intimidate um, them to leave. So Julia's basically said, hasn't she, that the, the show was shut down for obscenity and that's why she's come back early. But then he, when he phones up, the director basically says she's lying. She hasn't been at the show since opening night. So where has Julia been this whole time? So we wonder, is Julia the killer? Whoever the killer is, they're now cu- cutting up reels of film and she's destroying the final reel. So whilst Bruno and the technician are trying to salvage it, Sandra's gone to the house where Giovanni's been attacked by Linda. And did you notice now? So Sandra is now being stalked by Linda. Did you notice how they changed her style of dress for this scene? No. So she's suddenly feminine. Yeah, I spotted that, yeah. 
she's suddenly very feminine, so it's almost like they put her in like a little green dress. You know, it's almost like they put her in like a in a more feminine role, so she could be a more appropriate for being. Have you skipped over that, um, Giovanni getting killed? No, that, well, that's, I, that's later, isn't it? I feel like that that came first before Sandra. Well, I saw Giovanni gets attacked, but then we don't see what happens to him, and then he just sort of pops up out of the pit. Um, and he's covered in blood, but we don't know what happened to him, unless I missed no, something. No, he Maybe gets... Away. What happens is he, he's fixing the tank. Yeah, he's fixing the tank. And he gets bitch-slapped by a dead body. <laughs> and then there's two dead bodies, and then he gets spanned in the most anti-dramatic spannering. <laughs> he just kind of stands there and lets himself get spanned. I think it's a branch, isn't it? No, it's definitely be- a, it was definitely a spanner. Well, it was a wrench. Oh, well. oh wow. Is this the cockroach? What's the fucking difference? Is this the cockroach spider moment all over again? I don't, I don't understand what a, what a spanner is or what's a wrench. <laughs> I think a wrench, is adjust, a wrench is adjustable and a spanner's not. Um, okay, so I don't have a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to Sandra's dress. Sorry. Um, oh, so, she's a, <laughs> so she's a more appropriately girly, so she can be now garroted. Um, and she's strangled with her own reels of film and then swung around the room. <laughs> I love the way she gets <laughs> swung around the room. Fucking rags everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really camp and strange. It's, very, it's so funny and creepy at the same time. I like um, what is it with these films and fucking weird ass voices though? Because that voice is insane. Of the yeah, killer, it's really creepy. It reminds yeah. me of um, New York Ripper with the fucking Donald Duck voice, like the Donald Duck. Yeah, like what the fuck? Yeah, but it's 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 bizarre and funny. But it also, I feel it manages to be creepy at the same time. It is time. creepy. It's creepy because it's so weird. Um, I res- really resent the fact that Julia lives longer than Sandra, but I do like the fact that she just she finds Sandra in a pile of her own film. It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. So then we get Julia being stalked, don't we, through the basement and uh, tennis balls raining down on her. Yeah, I think um, the, the reveal of it not being Julia, I thought it was actually quite well done because when you see the when you follow this killer, usually you know you follow the feast. And so you're following the feed through the tape, and then it just pans up to yeah. Like, oh, well, so it's not there then. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I yeah. Weird. And I loved a bit. I loved a bit where Linda peers through the frosted glass at her. Yeah, that's cool. It's really creepy. Um, and then Julia goes hiding in closets again. Yeah. Um, and then Linda plunges the knife through the door, inches from Julia's face, and says, "Don't be a little girl. Come out." It looked very um, like she was very intimidated by the phallic shaped. Object poking through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she was happy. She's been perfectly happy living in a lavender marriage with Bruno this whole time. She doesn't need anything phallic. Yeah. Um. So, uh, funnily enough, I thought, go on, jump. I was going to say, I don't know whether it's just a dub, but what the Kelasi says is, I don't want to hurt you. I just want your blood. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, she, yeah. She says that in the Italian version okay. as well. <laughs> so weird. Hey, not, not, not convinced. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think that might hurt. <laughs> um, I thought what was funny as well was that um, with their blonde curls, Julia uh, looks like the little boy that Linda looked like. Oh, yeah. So Linda's chasing her down that corridor, and it's like proper scary, I thought, where, where you see Linda coming behind her with the knife. Um, and then the knife, when she stabs it right through her back, and it comes out of her chest. Yeah. That was really cool. Great slash of death. 
I absolutely love Cl- uh, Linda being clocked across the head by a brick. Yeah, the brick was yeah. great. Like that. So, like, yeah. I do like the melodrama of her getting killed right in front of him, like literally, like a second too late. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah. So she kills Julia, and then Bruno comes at her with a brick. Um, and then we see Paul Linda felled by a symbol of heteronormative masculinity, a house brick. Um, but then, she, but then she does get a little bit of revenge by using her wig to trick Bruno. So you know, God loves to try it. Um, and then um, his dying words: "I'm not a little girl." Very tragic. Yeah, but let, he just wants let's to be she. Just take it through. He, Bruno, goes to look after her, Julia, then comes back to them to see Linda and then just as he's about to get to Linda he realizes she pops out and it's a man <laughs> oh yeah 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 and Linda so the, reveal, the wig the reveal is on the is, floor <laughs> it's do you know what it's a little bit like isn't it the wig on the floor is a little bit like the nurse's shoes at the end of Just to Kill yes so the big reveal here is that Linda is in fact Tony the landlord of the house it's camp it's camp <laughs> And then, yeah, and then we get um, we get like a nice psycho style psychological chat at the end, which we always appreciate. <laughs> uh, this one was short, at least, and short and sweet, nonsensical, even more so. So I don't get bothered by this one as much because I don't understand yeah. what they even meant. No, no, me neither. But that was the um, father, wasn't it? Himself, the other guy. Oh, I don't even know. I didn't, yeah. look, I didn't look that up. The, 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 the other editor guy is meant to be him. Well, it is him. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy film. It's one of those films I feel like it's just a little bit too long as well. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so, sort of dragged out for about there's about fifteen minutes that could have been shaved off. Yeah, um, I think so. But I do think that was possibly down to its. Um, you know, conception as a TV thriller as well. I think it was originally supposed to be two hours. Um, so that's probably why. Um, so, yeah, so there we have it. A strange, bizarre film. It's written by Dardano Sacchetti, who wrote um, Zombie Flesh Eaters and New York Ripper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he also wrote Fulci's Gates of Hell trilogy, Amityville 2, Demons, The Church as well. He's written so many, so mm-hmm. many films. It was a co-write with his wife, Elisa Briganti. Um and apparently it was shot in three weeks. Yeah. So quite a quick, quite a quick shoot. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's a hoot. I think, I think, uh, I think it's sort of strange sort of gender politics on, on quite as, uh, on quite as toxic as the likes of Just to Kill. I think it's just a bit, it's a bit sillier than that, isn't I it? I think because it's just a little bit stupider, it's a little... <laughs> that, I get I, I, yeah, it, it, it's so <laughs> much it. more forgivable. And that, I'm sorry, but as a gay man, I don't think that there's anything more camp than a wig reveal. And you want to give me a wig reveal on a serial killer? I know, like I, I am know. fucking there for that. It's a wig reveal, but it also he uses his wig to trick the hero as well. Yeah, like this. That, so, that's like a wig snatch moment. Yeah, that's like you know what it, they always say. It's like the horror film, sorry, the villains in like Disney films are always camp gay men and the fabulous. Yeah. This is my serial killer in a jello that's camp and fabulous and i'm there for him yeah yeah what did you think of the killer reveal yourself john i know i liked it it was good especially was it when he like jumps out of the room just 
Yeah. But we just went out the way because it was just him dressed like that. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, that that takes me back to Psycho as well. That yeah. reminds me of uh, Norman at the end yeah, of Psycho. Yeah. And this no, is Shadow never... at the top of the stairs scene. That's very Psycho. There's quite a few Shadow, little bits of Shadow play throughout the film. I noticed, so that was quite cool. The way they did that, actually. Um, did you did you actually guess it was him, Jonathan? Or... I, yeah, I did. There's so yeah. many all the way through it, even in like the very first scene where it's like shouting you're a female it's like they made <laughs> probably when they were dubbing it they made they were so specific to keep repeating you're a female i was like yeah yeah i think there's something something's going to be going on here <laughs> yeah i mean i i i'm trying to think back to when i first saw it i never put it two and two together about it being tony the landlord but i knew like within two minutes that it was going to be a you know a sort of transsexual killer type of thing yeah no <laughs> yeah. And he's the only one that's kind of there the least, so that you kind of yeah. half forget about him. Yeah, totally. But um, totally. I, th- I just think, even if you did guess it, the, the actual reveal, who cares? That was fun. That's <laughs> focusing. It is. It is. It's just. It's just a stupid film, isn't it? It's just. It's. Yeah. It's silly. But it's also though. I think parts of it are, are really well done, and I feel like that's sort of the misty, isolated, modernist house that's that also. Uh, manages to be gothic as well. I feel like that's really that's really well done. Um, you do get that feeling of isolation, I think, and that, that sort of creepy air about it. You know, alone in the house. I genuinely really like this film. To be honest, it's it's one of my yeah. favourite ones that I've seen. I'm <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Can we also discuss the, the the fucking blonde Heidi Pigtails wig that we see on Little Linda at the end? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Isn't that the, that's the last scene of the film, isn't it? Yeah. When you piece together the final reel, that's the last, that's like the, the secret ending of the film. And it's just like, so the kid went downstairs, found the tennis ball, and then found a wig as well. And put the wig. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> just amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Do you know what? It could, you could also read it as, um, you know that moment in adolescence when your balls drop and <laughs> you realise you realise where your sexuality lies. Well, in this, it, it, the symbolism of this is the ball is literally dropping yeah. into the yeah. darkness, and then he screams and comes out with pigtails. <laughs> so, so weird. Yeah, it's just so fucked up. Um, I took to Twitter and just asked a few people what they thought of it, and we got a few replies. So, Sai B. Says, I've got a lot of love for it. It's hugely campy and loads of bizarre moments. Not a great deal of gore, but still awesome. Um, Cinema Europa says, I'm a big fan of this one. A lot of fun and is of its time rather than emulating the 70s. Not that everyone will agree that's a good thing, but that makes it entertaining, borderline silly jello, which I agree with. Um, Carl Bridges says, lots of atmosphere, tension and build up and spooky music. Good couple of BBFC baiting gore sequences too. I like this one. Um, Gary Needham says it contains an over-the-top synth soundtrack. He says, seriously, I like the paternal not to kill baby kill. The composer plot that allows the soundtrack to blend as both inside and outside the film, and the fact that it was too gaudy for its initially planned TV airing. Um, and our friend Andy Roberts says, I love this one, especially that cracking diegetic soundtrack. Granted, it's a bit overlong and liberally borrows from Tenebrae, but it's a decent stock and slash-inspired spaghetti thriller. 
Plus, that bathroom scene is uniquely nasty and mean-spirited, and I'd ab- absolutely do Andrea Ojipinti every conceivable way, <laughs> even if he <laughs> even if he can't tell the difference between a cockroach and a spider. And uh, our friend Amanda Reyes concurs with Andy that she would also do Andrea Ojipinti. Um, so you know, we can all agree. We can all agree that what we're taking away from this film is that we would really, really like to do Andrea Ojipinti. Yep. I'm not speaking for you there, John, but, you know, if you want to, I'm sure, you know. You can you know. have Katia. Yeah. yeah, you can have Katia, yeah. She's still with us and she still looks fabulous. I do love that mm. in a film that basically makes me think of drag queens. One of the characters is called Katia, which is, like, my favourite drag queen, so. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, well, so, it was, it was, you know, it, either way, nobody has a dull time watching this film. No, I mean, I said I was disappointed, but, I mean, it's just, it, it's a fun film and it's a silly film. I just... Yeah. My the enjoyment I got out of it was the silliness. I didn't really think it was a no. A, the risk of sound. I mean, I don't think it's a very well made film. I don't think Lambert well, over. <gasps> no, um, he's not <laughs> as dad as you know. No, he's not as dad as he's not Mario. He's not as dad, but but demons is fantastic, and so is Macabro as well. Mm. Um, I think he can put together a good film. I feel like this was just literally you can you can sort of see the joins in this film from where it was supposed to be. TV episodes. I feel like yeah. that's you know what I mean. I feel like it suffers a bit from mm. from that more than anything. Um, but it's a good time. It's it's definitely a good laugh. I think the silliness is definitely my favorite bit of it as well. But yeah, oh, me too. I just totally, don't think, yeah. I never think that's negative, really. No. Yeah, no. I, I I've never come to this film looking for uh, you know logic, but <laughs> I suppose you don't really with, with with even the best of Jello. You know, you sort of suspend your suspend your disbelief a little bit I suppose whereas in this one you really have to <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know hot women hot men hot knitwear you can't go wrong um, so there we have it so um, yeah so if you agree with us let us know uh, give me a shout I'm at Twitter uh, I'm on Twitter at Johnny Larkin you can get Stephen Moore at HST99 and you can get Jonathan Butler uh, Kazulu 502 and we will be back in a few weeks we are still um, keeping the podcast going even under lockdown and you never know Martin might have regenerated by then and, and be able to come out into the light mm-hmm. um, but to be fair he never could come out in the daylight so I don't know what difference it's going to make mm-hmm. um, but yeah thank you so much for listening bye, bye. bye.